Welcome to the Colonel Cast, the official podcast of the Curry College Athletics Department, a proud partner of your Curry College Colonels. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number four of the Colonel Cast. Chris Clay and I are here with another special guest today, but first we wanted to give a quick update on how the voting has unfolded so far in the best of Curry Bracket. Please remember, we're recording this on Tuesday, so by the time this episode releases on Friday, some of these numbers may have changed by quite a bit, but through four full days of voting, we have received over 1,000 votes between Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You guys are doing an awesome job. Please keep it up. Thank you for listening and participating and interacting. So as of Tuesday morning, these are our eight group leaders. In group number one, with 64% of the votes so far, the leader is the 2019 volleyball team. Oh my God. That is hashtag Team Paul. Let's go. Good start. In group two, with 40% of the votes, the leader is Jack Vallely's coaching career. That's Chris's pick. Let's go. 40% of votes. Yeah. Let's go. I could see that one coming. That's a great moment right there. In group three, with 55% of the votes, it's Clay's pick. It's the 08 men's soccer season. With how much of a percentage of voting? 55%. Thank you. They've got a pretty solid lead there. So through the first three groups, we each have one leader. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Let's see if that continues. In group four, with 56% of the vote, it's the 2019 national champions. It's the cheerleading team. Another one of my picks. In group five, it's the 91 women's soccer team with 45% of the votes. In group six, it's the 2019-20 women's ice hockey team, 59% of the votes. Oh, that's also your team, isn't it? Yes, sir. Keep bragging. Seven. It's the 08 Men's Basketball Conference Champions with 51% of the votes. And then in Group 8, it's Chris's pick. Yeah! Let's go! Yeah! Let's go! Let's the go. 2015 baseball team, conference champions, 59% of the votes. So we know that 11 days of voting may seem pretty long, but we want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to vote. And you all, our listeners, have been awesome so far. We're sure that y'all are going to keep it up as we get close to the final push at the end of our first round here. So, Clay, we've said it before, but do you want to remind everybody once more how they can continue to vote? Of course. You can continue to vote on the Best of Curry Bracket by following all of our social media platforms. You can check us out on Facebook by typing in Curry College Athletics. And you can check us on Instagram and Twitter by typing in Curry Kernels, the official athletic page for the Curry Colonels. And as always, we are officially putting out episodes weekly on Spotify, Apple Music, Pocket Cast, and Overcast with an official Anchor RSS feed. So definitely check us out on wherever you get your podcasts. Yep, everyone, remember to get your votes in for round one. You can vote until Monday, September 21st before we reveal the winners that will be moving on to round two. But for now, we're going to move into a great segment here. This is What's Happening Around Pro Sports. Here is your weekly update on professional sports. Chris, why don't you kick us off here with the MLB? So around Major League Baseball, most teams have somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 15 games left to play. 
However, that picture gets quite a bit less clear in the National League, where you have teams like the Cardinals, who still have 20 games left to play, assuming they're going to get a full 60. Mm, And that's a big if. Yeah, absolutely. In the AL East, the Toronto Blue Jays are three and a half games back of the Tampa Bay Rays. More significant, the New York Yankees have the first wildcard spot and are behind those two teams right now. Staying in the AL East, the Boston Red Sox are nine and a half games back and their elimination number is four. Yep, by the time this episode releases, unfortunately, they will more than likely be mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Although that's really not too big of a surprise the way this season has gone. Go Sox. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it hasn't been a good season so far. It's a different situation in the National League as six teams are separated by just two games in the National League wildcard. That's going to be one heck of a finish over the last few weeks of the season here. Oh, yeah. All right, we're good to move on from Major League Baseball here. We'll jump into the NHL. Last night, which was Monday for us, the Dallas Stars eliminated the Vegas Golden Knights to advance to the Stanley Cup Final. They took that series in five games. They wound up winning it and moving on in overtime. That was really a surprise for me. I was anticipating seeing Vegas versus Tampa in the final. Vegas came close a couple of years ago. Obviously, they won the Western Conference, but came up short against the Capitals in the final. I guess this year in the bubble, they came up short again. In the other series in the Eastern Conference final, the Lightning currently hold a 3-1 lead over the New York Islanders. That series sure like, looks like it's over, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Game five is tonight. I'd say there's a pretty good chance that Tampa Bay moves on tonight and we'll see a clear picture of what the Stanley Cup final matchup is going to look like. Going into these two series, I had the Lightning in five and the Golden Knights in six. So obviously the the latter of those predictions is already wrong, but I still have a chance at one of them. If the Lightning are to move on, I'd say they're the clear-cut favorites to win the final. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if I, I would have liked to see the Golden Knights make it to the Stanley Cup finals, but... I guess that's not the case. Yeah, that would have been a great seven-game series. Yeah, and the Stars have a couple of former Bruins, a couple of former fan-favorite Bruins, and Tyler Tyler Sagan, Anton Kadobin. If, if that's the series that unfolds, Stars versus Lightning, my heart says Stars, my brain says Lightning. It's going to be oh, lightning, yeah, lightning. Lightning so, five. So we're going to see how that one plays out. Moving on into the NFL, we have finally seen game action. Week one is in the books. On Thursday night, the Chiefs kicked off the season, picking up right where they left off, beating the Texans by two touchdowns. The Ravens trounced the Browns, also picking up right where they left off. That was a 38-6 final. The Jaguars and Mr. Minshew beat the Colts. Gardner Minshew Gardner had a great Minshew, day, man. He did. A little bit of an upset. I don't think Jaguars fans would agree with me, but I'd say to the rest of the NFL world, they would consider that an upset. One of the biggest games of the week was Saints-Bucks, and the Saints came away with an 11-point victory there. I'd say for the past several years, when the Saints and Patriots yeah. were, were really competitive and, and really pushing towards the Super Bowl each and every year, I don't think I'm alone in saying that I was really hoping to see a Breeze-Brady Super Bowl because we really haven't seen Breeze and Brady play against each other too, too often. So when Brady signed with Tampa Bay this offseason, A lot of people looked to the schedule and saw week one, Breeze, Brady, this is going to be insane. This is going to be awesome. (laughs) And really, neither of them showed up. Well, you got to think, too, they're both in the same division now. Right. Who's going to win that division now? You have the Carolina Panthers, the Bucs, the Saints, and the Falcons, I believe. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to win that division now? 
I still think it's the Saints to lose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You ooh, that's wrong. The ooh. Bucks made improvements this offseason, definitely, primarily at quarterback, but you still have a 40-something-year-old quarterback yeah. with an average offense, I would oh. say, maybe, maybe even a subpar offensive line, and that's what he needs. He needs a strong front in front of him to keep him safe, keep mm-hmm. him healthy. We'll see if that happens. They didn't do too, too poorly in week one, but I really can't see the Bucks turning in an 11, 12, 13 win season. I really just think they're going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like nine and seven and be fighting for a wild card. Yeah, you wow. also have to think too, when you're saying stuff about them being rusty, they didn't have a training camp and tons of new players and mm-hmm. you put a 43? Yeah, 43. Yeah, you put a 43-year-old quarterback in a brand new system with a ton of new players. I don't know if I expected anything special from them week one yeah you have to figure that one of the biggest draws that got him to tampa bay was quarterback whisperer bruce arians (laughs) so (laughs) i really think that that's going to be a fruitful relationship between those two guys but it takes more than one guy to win a football game takes more than two guys to win a football game So that's for any team, essentially. Not absolutely. Just the that's for any team. Certainly. Yeah. So you don't pick up one guy over the off season and expect to gain six or seven or eight wins from your previous Compared year. To last year. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. We're going to touch on a couple other games here. The Cardinals upset the 49ers. That one, I think everybody can call an upset. Oh, oh yeah. The reigning oh. NFC champions oh. being taken out by the cellar dweller Cardinals. Cellar dweller. They have DeAndre Hopkins now. One yeah. of the greatest receivers in the game. He had 14 receptions. Didn't we just talk about one guy not making the team? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is an exception. All right, if you say so. Well, that that was certainly a big win for the Cardinals. Divisional win, too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. divisional win. That's a huge win for the Cardinals. Speaking of another divisional game, we had the Bears coming all the way back on the Lions to beat them 27 to 23. This was basically worst case scenario for Lions fans. You enter the fourth quarter with a 17 point lead. I mean, granted, the Bears were already threatening when the third quarter ended and they entered the fourth quarter, but the Bears just came all the way back. And the Lions, it wasn't like one unit of the team, like offense, defense, special teams. It wasn't like one unit really failed to step up. It was a collective Collective team implosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On offense, they couldn't get the job done. On defense, they just didn't show up. And they allowed the Bears to come all the way back and snag the victory from them in a divisional game. Last game we're going to touch on here. Of course, it's the local guys. The New England Patriots the are new, 1-0. The new <laughs> New England Patriots. The new yeah. New England Patriots. They took out the Dolphins in Foxborough 21-11. And through one week here, Cam Newton is 1-0, and Tom Brady is 0-1. So here's the thing. So the media has, of course, talked about the record. Tom Brady is 0-1, Bill Belichick and Cam Newton are now 1-0. A lot of people are trashing on Tom Brady leaving and going to another team down south. But here's the thing. You have to think about what Tom Brady has done for this team over the past 20 seasons. Sure. But it's what he did for the Patriots. He hasn't done squat for the Bucs yet. So, but a lot of people are trashing on Brady saying, oh, you know, we're going to win 10, 12 games here as a New England mm-hmm. Patriot team. But people are trashing on him because of him leaving. But he, it was his decision. Regardless if we win 10 or 12 games, I think we're still going to win the majority of our games with Cam Newton. Cam Newton is the future of this franchise. A lot of people are doubting Tom Brady and Cam Newton as quarterbacks. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't, I, I am moving forward 
in a cautiously optimistic manner with Cam, I don't see him playing for the Patriots for 20 years like Brady did. Well, he's also 31 years old, too. Right, and he's on a one-year contract. So in my mind, the the pessimistic side of me says that this is a lose-lose. If he doesn't play well, we're going to cut him and he's gone after this season. If he plays well, he's going to sign somewhere else and he's gone after this season. Mm. So I've heard from a few different media outlets that he could be the Patriots guy for three or four or five years. And I'd love to see that happen, especially if he's going to continue to step up. I got to say, sitting on my couch, I'm watching the game and I'm like, holy cow, it sure is nice to see a mobile quarterback wearing a Patriots yeah, it's, uniform. It's a 15 rushes, yeah, 15 yeah. rushes. And two rushing touchdowns, Se- of course. 70 yards, something like that. But, but this is a lot of people have said that Brady left. I don't know if this is true or not. I really can't tell where I stand on this opinion. But a lot of people have said that Brady left to try to prove himself without Belichick. And one week is not nearly enough to viably judge whether he made the right decision or not. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see. After one week, it looks like he's not going to be able to do it. But as we've said a couple times now, one man does not make the team. And I don't think that the Bucks have enough to support Brady. And if, if they make the playoffs, it's going to be as a wild card. You don't think the Bucks have enough offensive weapons in the slot? In the backfield, you don't have you don't think they have enough weapons. Huh? I don't. I think they're overrated. Wow. I, really do. I think Mike Evans is overrated. Wow. Whoa. He had one target last week. He's he's a Pro Bowl receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't think his style of play is going to mesh with Brady. I think it's going to take them several weeks to get on the same page if they ever do. Yeah. I think the Fournette signing was really really good to take some pressure off Brady. Absolutely. To have um, a, a a strong power running back back mm-hmm. there. I just I, I don't see them having enough. So the last thing I want to say, too, about uh, the new New England Patriots here is that a lot of people are kind of – a lot of people are backfiring at Cam Newton and the rest of the Patriots for beating the uh, the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have always been not the best team, mm-hmm. uh, not only in our division but in the league. Right. And a lot of people are saying, oh, it's just the Dolphins that they beat. But from what I remember a couple of years ago, no disrespect to Tom Brady, one of you know the greatest quarterbacks of all time, mm-hmm. but didn't Tom Brady lose a couple games to the Miami Dolphins last year well, in one. that same stadium? Yeah. Still. Yeah, but also to your point, to support your point here, you play who's on your schedule. You, you can't see the Dolphins and say they're too weak. I want to play somebody else. Right. Play who's on your schedule. Yeah, and you have to. Yeah. You and can't avoid divisional opponents. Right. You, yeah. they, they went out there and did what they were supposed to do. Absolutely. Essentially, especially after having no preseason to work things out. Yeah. I, I'd say there's a lot of reason for optimism moving forward from there. We're going to wrap up the NFL here. We're going to come back and touch on this in future episodes and see how many of my predictions I got dead wrong. So we're going to move on <laughs> to the NBA here. Clay, take it away. All right. So last Sunday, every football team was in action. So I feel like a lot of people did not even know that the Nuggets and Clippers were playing on Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. to make the game seven happen. Is it going to happen? Two, three and one comebacks in a row. Who knows? The Nuggets forcing a Game 7 against the Los Angeles Clippers. Game 7 will be played on Tuesday, September 15th. By the time you guys are listening, you will know if the Nuggets and Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic made history or not. Regardless if you're a basketball fan or not, it's an amazing and very exciting series to watch because the Nuggets could be making history tonight. And we don't even know it yet, but you guys will on Friday. Uh, Along with the rest of the NBA playoffs here in the bubble, the Boston Celtics beat the number two seed Toronto Raptors with a series of four games to three. They will face the Miami Heat tonight as well, September 15th. 
I hope they win in six <laughs> games. Uh, the, uh, yeah. the playing style from the Toronto Raptors to the Miami Heat is a completely different playing style. The, the Miami Heat plays a lot of small ball. They have a lot of great young shooters, and I really hope that we can get around that with uh, a great defensive style like Marcus Smart has and like Daniel Tice has been performing. I hope that we can get around their offensive unit. It's, it's going to be a really good series. These two teams match up well with each other. I agree. I'm hopeful that the Celtics take this in six, but backing up to their second round series against the Raptors, the Celtics took the first two games. And after those two games, it was a horrible series. I, I hate to say it. In my I'm head, sorry. at least, I was like, this series is over. I didn't, I mean, I hate agreeing with Stephen A, but after two <laughs> games, I'm like, this series is over. And yeah. then the, the uh, Raptors came back one game three in, I'd say historic fashion, but I really don't think it counts oh, as yeah. history when you don't yeah. pull out the series. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, absolutely. Regardless. Uh, they won game three on the buzzer beater. They won game four. And after each of those games, I really wasn't worried. I, yeah. Even when the series was tied 2-2, I'm like, yeah, the Celtics still have this. And then in Ooh. game five, they took it wire to wire. Just absolutely yeah. blew them out. Yeah, it was great. Game six was the first time I was worried. I did not like game six at all. I was, I've never sweated watching a basketball mm-hmm. game until that game. It was <laughs> great. The two-minute report came out, and a big deal has been made that the the NBA Refs Association said that they missed a couple calls at the end of the game there, whatever. But it's about execution. Whether you get the calls or not, don't leave the game in the ref's hands. Absolutely. Especially after game five. You beat them by, what, 20? Yeah. Yeah. Don't leave the game in the ref's hands when you're clearly the superior team. So after game six, that's when I started to worry. That was the first time I thought, maybe the Celtics aren't going to get past this team. I mean, the Raptors are gritty. Well, yeah, they're, they're the, you know, the defending champs. Like, yeah, the defending champs. champs, real gritty. But yeah, I actually, I have to admit, I didn't watch Game 7. I had the day wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn Game 7 was on Saturday. You, out of all two, people. On Saturday like morning. the two best words in sports. Yeah. Game on 7. Saturday morning, I woke up, I opened the ESPN app, and I went, Oh, oh look at that. <laughs> the happened. Celtics play. It happened. <laughs> Very happy to see that they advanced. But yeah, I'll be, I'll be sure to get my days right. I guess so. For the Eastern Conference Final. I'm surprised <laughs> that you forgot the day. Me you never too. like that. The good thing with that is they're probably alternating days. So you, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You'll, 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 you'll be able to keep track of those days. Yeah, so now you will. Yeah. Uh, and for the third round, which is the Conference Finals kicking off tonight, like I said, the number three seed Boston Celtics will face off against the five seed Miami Heat. A little quick history here. This is the first time in Eastern Conference Finals history in which the number one or two seed has not appeared in an Eastern Conference Finals, which is pretty cool. So that will be a great series. The number one Los Angeles Lakers will face off against either the Clippers or the Nuggets for the Western Conference Finals. I don't know who's going to take that series. It either could be the Nuggets or the Clippers. I'd like to see the Nuggets face the Lakers in a seven-game series in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, before we wrap up this segment, I was going to say that the last time we discussed a Game 7 on this podcast, we put some picks in, and mm-hmm. Clay, you were the only one that got that right. Mm-hmm. That was the Nuggets-Jazz series. Yeah. Chris and I both took the Jazz. Yeah. So I believe you said you're taking the Nuggets. Tonight. I am taking the Nuggets again. Chris, I, I have faith in Jamal and Nikola. We'll see. Chris, who you got? I think I got a ride with Clay. Thank you. I'm going to go with the Nuggets. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I'll be the lone, the lone wolf this time around. I got to yeah. go Kawhi and the Clippers. Oh! <laughs> and that wraps up what's happening around pro sports. If you're looking for a job on or off campus, you can check out Handshake, the college's newest platform to search for jobs. Handshake is the newest platform where you can connect with employers on or off campus. We're going to get back into a segment here we haven't touched upon since episode one. Let's check out what's happening around the Commonwealth. 
Here's what's happening around the Commonwealth. To kick off what's happening around the Commonwealth down in Bristol, Rhode Island, Roger Williams introduced their hashtag All In To Vote campaign last week on Friday, September 11th. The effort seeks to give all Roger Williams student athletes and the entire student body the tools they need to successfully register to vote for the upcoming 2020 election in November. Awesome. Wentworth Volleyball saw some moving around in terms of coaching staff this summer as Matt Dugan was named the newest head coach of the Leopards women's volleyball team. Dugan is very familiar with the team after having spent the last five years as an assistant coach for both the men's and women's teams under Evan Giglio, but will take over the lead role for the women as Giglio shifts into solely coaching the men. Last month, Noontime Sports announced their Division Three All-Decade teams in Husson University, an associate CCC football member, landed 10 alumni and one current student on those teams. Six of those players play on offense, four of them on defense, and one special teamer. Five of those Eagles were from the class of 2019, who went 8-3 and three on their way to a conference championship for their senior season. Sticking with associate members here, Becker College's president, Dr. Nancy Crimmon, has been named the chair of the New England Collegiate Conference President's Council for the 2020-2021 academic year. Crimmon is the college's first female president, serving in the role since 2017, and has made vast improvements for the school in her short time there. I mean... I, I would list them here, but it would take about a half hour. What she's done for the school is incredible. If you want to check it out, head to their athletic site. They have a great list there of everything she's accomplished, but the school has seen some vast improvements since 2017. Thanks to Dr. Kremen. Awesome. To wrap up the segment, Nichols has announced the hiring of Chris Popa as their new men's and women's tennis coach. He takes over a men's team that has won eight straight conference titles and a women's team that has taken the last four. Popa already has four men's tennis coach of the year awards under his belt from the CCC from his previous work at Eastern Nazarene, who are now a full member of the NECC and an associate member of the GNAC for tennis. We're going to welcome in a special guest here. He is the community director for Bell Suites, Maine State, Lombard, Mayflower, Brown, Green, Gray, White, Purple, <laughs> <laughs> Rainbow. Uh, he's a man I know by many names. Jim, Jimmy, JT, that guy with the afro. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Colonel cast, CD, Jim, Brennan. Thank you very much, Paul, uh, whom I know as PJ, and it's still very difficult for me yes, to not call yeah. you PJ on a regular basis. Whatever comes out, I guess. <laughs> Right, so I appreciate Jim. you saying the order of my buildings in just as confusing of a manner as it feels. That yeah. <laughs> I did my best. So, Jim, when we spoke with Vinny a couple of weeks ago, we chatted with him about COVID's effect on the athletic department, and we were able to get his perspective as to how everything went down over the past several months. Could you tell us what this all looked like from your perspective? Yeah, yeah, I can. And I think it's really interesting in the res life scope as well, not to like try to sound like a one-upper or anything like that, but I think it has a particularly large impact on CDs as we live with students, right? And so it's like, uh, yeah, this is my job, but it's also my life. So like, what are we doing? important. So, and I think, yeah, I mean, just to be honest, like it's looked confusing. It's looked difficult. It's needed a lot of problem solving, a lot of creative thinking there, because there are just so many specifics, as I'm sure you're aware, that need to be considered. And some aspects that we don't have power over based off of the CDC or the state with Governor Baker. I mean, even up to like two days before move-in, 
Governor Baker had to change policies and like which states were okay, which states aren't. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh crap, like <laughs> we told people that they could be here. Now they can't be here. Right. So it just requires a lot of collaboration, communication. But fortunately, as we all know, because we see the, the daily emails, you know, through some good planning and some luck, we are still very low in our numbers. And so I think we're all just happy to, to be there. Absolutely. That mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We're glad to still be here. So Jim, obviously as a student, as a faculty staff member, uh, this summer was absolutely crazy, not only around the world, but around, you know, our community here at Curry College. There was a lot of question marks in terms of when we were sent home in early March of this year. The questions were, were we going to come back? When were we going to come back? Were we even going to come back at all? So who knows? So my question to you is, Jim, how was the discussions over the summer in terms of everyone going back onto campus? Do you have any inside look as to how those conversations went and progressed over the time from when we were sent home till around the end of summer? Yeah, my inside look is on the minor side, I will be honest, but I was a part of like the initial conversations. But then so the institution created return to campus committees and they kind of broke them down in like separate ways and stuff. And so several of my coworkers were assigned to a specific return to campus committee. I was just part of the initial conversation, but for what those conversations looked like, basically the job of everyone on a return to campus committee, they needed to consider three scenarios that we need to prepare for if we return to campus in full. So that being classes and residents in person on campus. The second scenario is only classes back to campus, no residents. And then the third is what if we are all online? And then obviously considering in each of those scenarios, how do we make this safe and practical? Is it feasible? And if it's not for the fall, are there any expected changes that we can try to forecast going into the spring that would make that different? Which of course, when you're thinking about next January and it's April, that was a really difficult Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) thing to think about. So yeah. So Jim, can you briefly describe how the uh, life in the dorms will differ this year than in years past? Uh, What safety precautions are being taken to protect Curry's residential students in the dorms? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. And unfortunately, the way that the answer translates for students is that living in a residence hall this year is just less fun. Um, (laughs) I mean, mean, it's not that bad. I appreciate that, Clay. Um, But because I think the the two big things are one, and and this one's like not that big of a deal at all to me, right? And I think it's easy for us all to do. You need a mask at all Mm -hmm. times, right? And like, unless you're actively brushing your teeth or in the shower in that moment, like a mask is on your face, or if you're in your own room, you don't need to wear a mask. Um, Anywhere else you need a mask. And um, the other big change for residents that is more challenging is guest restrictions. So you can only have people in your building who live in that building, right? So if I live in Bell Hall, I can only have people over in Bell Hall. I can't go see my friends in suites or SCRH or anything like that which stinks. Like there's no ifs, ands, ors, or buts about that. Like, you know, especially people say like, oh, well, my, my boyfriend lives in this building. Like I, you're telling me I can't see your, my boyfriend. And we're like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, our RAs who get placed, they don't even have a choice. And now suddenly it's like, gee, I, I'm the RA in Brown House. Like there are 15 people who live in Brown House. I know none of them. Uh, all my friends are elsewhere. Like this really stinks. That's the most difficult part, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it's happening all around campus for sure. Whether No matter what building you're in, it's happening everywhere. Yeah. And so, you know, now it's just kind of turned into like, a, all right, well, now I hang out with my friends like in my car. Because <laughs> I've seen it all the time. It happens. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. It's cool. They're doing little movie things. You know, they're sitting there watching television on their laptop and it, they're making 
making it awesome. work. I've That's seen it creative. happen. It's yeah. a really creative way to hang out with your friends now. Yeah. And of course, like, and with numbers being so low, people are saying like, okay, well, are we going to change any of these policies because we're low? But of course the administration has to look at it and the, yeah, it's low because we're doing these things point of view. So we, we want to keep the numbers low. So we're probably not going to do any take backsies with mm-hmm. the policies and stuff. And then additionally, uh, another challenge is now we're starting to roll out. Students have to request like if they want their family to come to visit and stuff like that, which is such a mind boggling thing, right? But it's to keep people safe. And we, unfortunately, we don't know where your family's been or like where they're coming from and stuff, right? So we just got to take safety over convenience, right? Yeah, as you said, it may be less fun, but it's to be more safe on top yep. of that. And the community has been doing very well doing just that, staying safe. I think we've mentioned it in every episode so far, but it bears repeating that we need to continue to make good decisions, wear our masks, hashtag keep curry safe. I think you briefly made mention to the testing going very well. There have been just a handful of positive cases and we want to keep it that way so that we can stay on campus. So Jim, through the first few weeks of this semester, has there been a significant difference in the amount of problems or mischief, I guess, for lack of a better word? I mean, I certainly hope there hasn't been an increase, but has it gone down at all, maybe? Or has it been roughly on par with past years? So I think mischief is a good word. We also really, <laughs> we, we enjoy the word shenanigans. There um, you go. Well, so um, the answer is both yes and no. In regards to what we normally take care of, I would say the number one cause that we get at Curry for like duty response is mental health, like student distress type thing. And then probably like alcohol party type thing. Mm -hmm. So those types of things have gone down a little bit, which we'll see as like uh, quarantine and isolation and social distancing continue. If people are start to have more mental, emotional issues as we continue, but our caseload is still rather high because of COVID policy violations. Mm -hmm. So like just as an example from Last Friday until Monday, we have a reports meeting every Monday for all the IRs that come in, incident reports that come in. We had 53 incident reports from the weekend, right? Mm. So in the vast majority of those things are, I saw this person not wearing their mask or like this person had, you know, people over from another building. We've already talked to them before about it. Here's this IR. So those things are unfortunate. So yeah, yes and no. (laughs) Unfortunate, but necessary to hold everybody to a very high standard. Yeah. And because I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, right, like I said, the the semester is less fun as a resident, but I also think not getting COVID and getting super sick is a lot more fun. That is a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right, Jim, I think Clay has one of his signature questions here. (laughs) I do. Do I? (laughs) You do. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I do. So I asked this to Vinny, our athletic director, a couple weeks ago. And of course, I have to ask you my signature question. What did you do over the summer? I mean, this summer was completely different. I mean, we all did a bunch of different things. What were some things that you did to kind of keep your, keep your mind off of things and to kind of, you know, we, we did a bunch of new hobbies and we learned a bunch of new things. What did you do over the summer that you found interesting? I tried to do a bit more walking and stuff. Um, I can definitely increase my, my physical activity in my life. Um, so I tried to, you know, do walks around campus or um, get off down on the highway there. There's the... Um, 
holy cow, the reserve. I can't even think of the name of the um, Blue Hills. Oh, Blue Hills. Yeah, Blue Hills. Yes, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on Google right now trying to look at yeah, what no, you're talking I, about. I've been I've been living here for a month, or excuse me, a year and two months. Like I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm an expert now. Yeah, <laughs> super expert. But yeah, so I just tried to um, increase um, like some physical activity, but then also. I just play some instruments and stuff like that. So I was trying to keep myself entertained that way. Work for us was still very active. Um, You know, we had a delayed and like extended housing selection process that we had to figure out how to do online for the first time ever for Curry. We, instead of just doing move outs like over a week, like we normally would at the end of the semester or the end of the year, we did move outs for, you know, five months. (laughs) Like We still had a couple people with stuff here when students were moving in. So we, we had all sorts of fun activities work-related and not work-related to do. Did you get the chance to see any family, friends at home, anywhere over the summer? Yeah, that's a good question. Sorry. Um, I'm originally from about an hour west of Curry. So, yeah. And I'm um, sorry, Jim, what town is that? That's <laughs> Leicester, Massachusetts. Uh, oh! <laughs> that is interesting, actually. Why? Did you know that I am also from Leicester? No. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wait, 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 what part of Leicester are you from? Like right next to I'm um, right next to the high school, like in the center really? of town. Yeah. I went to Leicester High School. I'm assuming you did too. Yeah, yeah. Class yeah. of twenty twelve. With my cousin. With your cousin? Yes. Oh yeah, Carolyn. Yeah. Yep. So that's yeah, how you Carolyn. guys know each we other. Graduated. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we we grew up together. Oh, so true, we've known each other for quite a bit. <laughs> I graduated Leicester High School twenty seventeen, so because I'm a senior. Oh. Now, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Le- Leicester is this small town of like 12,000 people that fr- has three zip codes for no apparent reason. No reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so um, anyway, so yeah. I'm sorry. What was the original? Oh, did I see family and friends? Yeah. Yes. So I, I would go home about every other weekend or so. Um, all my family still lives in one house. Um, so it's great seeing them. I have a niece and a nephew. Um, so I love seeing them. Did a couple of responsible visits to my grandparents. I, I'm lucky enough to have two of my grandparents left. So I did like a, you stand on that side of the driveway. I'll stand on this side of the driveway type thing. Yeah. Cause I, they're in their eighties. So you need to make sure they're safe. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Jim, we are going to jump into one of our favorite segments here. This is welcome home colonels. Welcome home. Well, we have a big shout out and welcome home to Lexi LaPearl. Lexi is coming to us from Ledger, Connecticut, and is ready to show up the competition on the soccer pitch. All right. Welcome, right. Lexi. Welcome, welcome Lexi. Lexi. So, Jim, if you listen to last week's episode, we discussed the best of Curry bracket. No, 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 not again. Chill. Why? It's a great, it's a great liner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, so the question for you, Jim, is have you been following along with that at all? Or even better, would you like to give us some votes? Yeah. To see who you would like to see advance if you have any ideas. Yeah, so I, I did give the episodes a listen, and I think Paul definitely has the advantage with his numerous championship teams that he has acquired. <laughs> Don't you're, you're boosting his ego already. It's already <laughs> so bragging all day. It's it's not like um, hashtag Team Paul is leading five of the eight groups at this point. Um, I mean, hey, Paul's got a national championship cheerleading team from 2019. He has last year's volleyball team, which was absolute fire, right? So this man's got it. Wait till you see. You ever heard of an upset? All right, Jim. So I have a very 
pressing question for you. <laughs> How's your family been? I haven't <laughs> seen you guys in forever. I've missed you guys. Yeah, um, family's well. Uh, everyone's back to work except Jessica. So one of my sisters, my oldest sister, does uh, theater. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately for her, she had all these shows lined up. And then uh, COVID restrictions came to town. And so Jessica's been out of work for, for a while, which is unfortunate. But fortunately, my parents are kind of able to welcome my sisters back with open arms to uh, the house where we grew up because all my sisters were laid off. The other two work in restaurants. So no, no one had a job except for my dad <laughs> wow, for a hot yeah. second. And my mom, for the most part, was still in work. She works for a church. So yeah, but everyone's doing well. Nephew, niece, they're adorable. Yeah, I was going to say, how's Johnny? Big Johnny and little Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so, John's my father's name. John is my nephew's name for, <laughs> for <Clive Kane. laughs> yeah, um, Big John, Papa John is uh, doing well. Um, and then little John, he's uh, two and a half. Every single time I talk to him, he, um, you know, the dude is just so dang smart. Like we went out, my, I visited my parents recently because I'm trying not to visit home now with living with 150 strangers in suites, right? Because right? yeah. as much as I enjoy our students, I'm not going to trust them to not bring COVID or to know, right? And you so, never know. Yeah. yeah, you never know, right? It's nothing against them personally. But so I did go out to dinner with my parents and one of my sisters and my nephew and niece. And um, we sit down at the table and my nephew goes, uncle, we're at the table. You can take your mask off. And I was like, why does my two-year-old nephew understand this yeah. more than full-grown adults, right? Like, Little John is the future. <laughs> yeah. Little John is it's the future. Been going on for basically a third of his life, I guess. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yes. Okay, Jim, so before we let you go, there is one more line left on our Google Doc. Chris, why don't you read what that line says? It says, Paul has a surprise. Right. So now, <laughs> I've been putting together these docs for every episode so that Clay, Chris, and I all know what's coming. But guys, can you two confirm that this is the first time I've done anything like this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You usually tell me whatever you're exactly. doing. Exactly. <laughs> right. So. Yes. You don't tell me anything, so. <laughs> so. Yeah. So you all know this is going to be pretty big, right? Oh, yeah. This is pretty big. So, Chris. Yeah. You think you know what the surprise is, but I'll admit, I pulled the fast one and it's oh. actually something else. Oh, God. And I'm horrified right now. As much as I love <laughs> building the suspense uh, and seeing can the you confusion just play it? on all of your faces, I might as well get on with it and say, Sammy's pregnant. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Congratulations, my Thank friend. You. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Now no I feel way. bad. I, saw it. I just saw Are it the you other day. Me? I know. I know. No way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'd say that's a pretty good place to wrap up episode four. What do you oh, say? Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening. Thank you for participating in the best of Curry Bracket. Please remember to get your votes in over the last few days of round one here. We will see you next time. See you later. See you later, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>